Amen. I'd like you to turn to two openings. Now, we're going to look, Lord willing, at several scriptures tonight, so have your fingers at the ready. But I'd like you to turn to Hebrews 12 and then to Haggai chapter 2. Hebrews 12 and Haggai chapter 2. And um, now if you've come to any of the mentoring classes this semester, you know that the Lord has dealt with, with me quite a bit about the glory. The glory of God. And one of the dominant things the Lord has helped me to see is that one way that you could describe what is God's plan. The glory. That is His plan. In many, many scriptures, Old and New Testament, it says, Let the earth be filled with the glory of God. Amen. And that is the ultimate outcome, the ultimate destiny. What will this in the earth end up being full of? His glory. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the great, or it says really the mystery of the ages is Christ in you, the hope of the glory. Amen. Amen. So the glory of God is the plan of God. And uh, there's a, as the glory of God increases, and it is increasing in the earth, it's increasing in my life. Amen. Uh, praise God. And it's increasing in our church. And uh, super excited about it. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I knew, I just thought I could get out on a limb a little bit tonight. You guys are cream of the crop coming on a Tuesday. And, and uh, praise God to share with you some things uh, that the Lord has helped me to see, uh, you know, about what is happening in the earth today. And how is God thinking about it? How are we supposed to interpret it? What is He up to today? <laughs> Amen. And, I, of course, I... I don't know near all that I should know or want to know about it, but I, I'm, I'm learning. Amen? Amen. And uh, one of the things that I have said on some occasions is that there is a shaking going on. There's a shaking going on in the earth. And this is scriptural. In uh, Hebrews 12, verse 26, uh, actually read, go back to verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaks. For if they escape, referring to those in the Old Testament, who refused him that spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised. So this is one of God's promises, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, so the earth is included, but also heaven. Amen. Amen. And uh, so you could, this could mean not just the atmospheric heavens and things like that, but the spirit realm. In other words, he's saying, I promise you that there will be a shaking in the spiritual arena as well as in the natural arena. Hallelujah. And this is a promise. It's going to come to pass. And uh, praise God in verse 27. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of of those things that are shaken. So you can see here the stated purpose of the shaking is what? Removal. Removal. Removal of what? Things that don't belong. Things that are not right. People that don't belong. People that refuse to be right. Amen. And so in this time of shaking, when shaking shows up, it's about removal. And so when, it, when shaking comes to your life, just understand God loves you, but there's some stuff that's got to go. And, uh, you know, in a shaking, uh, everything that's not right is not bolted down, and it's going to get broken off. You know, the Bible says about the anointing, the anointing is the burden remover. It is a yoke destroyer. And so whatever becomes and whoever becomes a yoke and a burden to the will and plan of God will eventually be removed, be broken off. And so it says this signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So if, when the shaking's over, if it's still there, then it has some merit in God's eyes. Amen. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom, thank God, which what? Cannot be moved out of its place. Let us have grace 
whereby we may serve God acceptably. How? Acceptable worship must be accompanied with reverence and godly fear or honor. For our God is a consuming fire. Now go back to the Old Testament to Haggai. Haggai. And uh, the best way to find it if you're not sure is to just go to Malachi and start going back to the left. And uh, you'll find it straight away. Haggai chapter 2. Just got to lay a little foundation with you. We're going to go somewhere tonight. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. And so in uh, this small book, the prophet Haggai is prophesying about the latter-day prophetic church. Really, he's talking about the end-time church. Now, they were rebuilding a natural temple, and God promised to bless it, and He did. But they, when they got it done, there was no manifestation of the glory like there was in Solomon's temple when they got it done. It said the glory of God came in in that day, and the cloud filled the temple, and the presence of God was so strong, so thick, so powerful that the priest could not stand to even minister. Amen? Go back to the first temple in the wilderness, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, same thing. When they got it built, when they got it finished, when they got it complete, that cloud came. The Shekinah glory of God came in a strong way. A visible cloud, uh, uh, you know, symbolizing God's presence, and it came in behind the veil, and and there he stayed. Well, when Haggai finished, you know, when these folks uh, in this generation finished the temple, there was no such manifestation, though it was promised And so we really believe that Haggai is prophesying beyond the natural to the last day church. We are the latter house. We are the latter house. There's a lot of teaching in there. I don't have time, you know, to get that over to you tonight. But uh, anyway, begin reading with me in verse 6, chapter 2, verse 6 of Haggai. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the, there it is again, the heavens and the earth. In other words, there's going to be a, a shaking in the spiritual realm, amen, and there'll be a shaking in the nations, in the natural realm. And the desire, excuse me, and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory. I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. And then something very interesting happens. He goes to talking about stuff like silver and gold. Praise the Lord. He says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. Amen, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will have peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Skip down to verse 17. I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail in all of your labor of your hands, yet you turn not to me, saith the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward or onward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the temple was laid, consider it. And he goes on uh, and talks, you know, is the seed brought forth and all la 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 la. And down to verse 21, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Amen. Look at verse 22. And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen, and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders come down, every one by the sword of his brother. Now, it is sad that when shaking shows up, the body of Christ freaks out. Amen. And what a well, you know, COVID's part of the shaking. COVID's part of the shaking. And, and, and everything that went with it, you know, the fear and the actual disease itself, and then the reaction of governments and all of the oppression and all of the, you know, all of the stuff and, and all of the mandates and, and the economic, uh, you know, upheaval and the, the stress on human institutions. Amen. And you could understand from the world's perspective while they, why they might get in fear, why they might panic, why they might freak out. Amen? 
But praise God, listen, we are not, we are in a kingdom that cannot be moved. <laughs> it cannot be shaken. Amen. And uh, praise God. Now there is a shaking, and this part of this shaking is not only in the world, but it's also in the church too. And, uh, but tonight I want to talk to you about the bright side of the shaking. The bright side. There's a bright side to everything that's going on in the world today. Amen? And see, we need to have God's mind. We need to have the mind of the Spirit. We need to have God's perspective. Amen? Nothing you see on the news. Amen? Nothing you see the world all freaked out about. You shouldn't identify with that. Amen? There is a purpose. God has a purpose in shaking the spirit realm, in shaking, the, in shaking governments, in shaking uh, medical systems, amen, in shaking things that are in the world and the people of the world. And it's, the purpose is not your demise or destruction. In fact, it is your promotion. The purpose of the shaking is twofold. We'll see that. Amen? Praise God. On the one hand, the shaking is a judgment. It is a judgment. It is the bill having come due. I don't know that we get this like we ought to, but we realize, you know, we're just so used to people not believing. We're just so used to the world being the world. But you realize that every human being on this earth, let's say there's seven and a half billion, every single one of them was created by God and is accountable to God, and they are supposed to be serving God, loving God, knowing God, assisting God, and advancing God's plan on this planet. But the masses have chosen not to do it. They have refused. Amen? And guys, the bill just comes due eventually. You, you can't just reject God and reject God and reject God without consequence. Right? And so there is a judgment going on in the world. Hallelujah. But the other side of that is, is that part of this shaking is to make a way for the remnant to rise. Amen. And we'll talk about the remnant, Lord willing, in a, in a minute or two. But if you're not positive that you're part of the remnant, you need to be the remnant real fast. Amen. Go with me now. Oh, glory to God. Go with me to Psalm 75. Psalm 75. You know, about a little over a year ago, uh, well, it was toward the end. It was in the fall, late fall. I'd have to look it back up in my journal. Um, we had been through 2020. Uh, we'd been through all the lockdowns and the church cancellations and all of that jazz that 2020 held. And the Lord said something to me. I was praying on the back of my farm one day. And the Lord said something to me. He said, son, I've sustained you. Now I'm going to promote you. Right. Hallelujah. And he sure did. I mean, he, through it all, he sustained this church. Yeah. Glory to God. Not only did he pay our bills, we increased. I mean, we increased. We, we did mega projects. We laid this carpet. We bought these chairs. We, we made a, a massive investment. You may not see it all in our sound system. I mean, we bought a Cadillac of a soundboard. We bought an Apple computer that was $12,000. Just the computer. So we could have horsepower to do what we needed to do. And God enabled us during the 2020 time to pay for all of that in cash. The back drive, so many projects back here, everything we had going on to keep going, didn't lay anybody off, didn't miss any project. We hired a director, tried to start a daycare. They wouldn't let us open a daycare. God paid her salary. So, I mean, God was true to His promises. He, and many of you were sustained. Amen. And he, says, he said, son, I have sustained you in 2020, and now I'm going to promote you. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. I, amen. 
Now, oh, I hope you can. You can't just get this. This is not about information. You know, this doesn't sound very deep. No, you have to catch a revelation. You have to get a revelation from the Holy Ghost about what is happening right now. And judge yourself, not in a condemning way, but in a discerning way. Make sure you're in position to be on the right side of what is going on in the earth right now. Amen. Look at verse 6. Psalm 75, verse 6. It says, For promotion comes... Oh, I like that. Promotion cometh. (laughs) Promotion cometh. Reminds me of money cometh. Promotion cometh. Hallelujah. That's what God told me. Promotion. So he says, promotion comes not or neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Then he leaves out the north on purpose. Because north to us is up. And he's indicating where does promotion come from. Promotion comes from God. Oh, so many in the world, so many in the church have looked to their job. And they've looked to... The, they've looked to their education and they've looked to their ability and, the, and you know, praise God. And they've looked to all these things to, for promotion. But none of that is real promotion. Real promotion comes from on high. And I tell you what, when you, when you get God Almighty, when you get El Shaddai to declare over your life, I approve of your life. I am your father. You are in my will. You're not perfect, but you're moving ahead. You're walking in the light. And I am promoting you. <laughs> oh, then no devil in hell, no economy, no COVID, no pandemic can stop it. Praise God. Amen. We should not be looking for the honor, looking for the praise, looking for the, uh, for the world to bless us or promote us. God is able and God is willing. To declare from his throne on high, I'm promoting you. I'm exalting you. Hallelujah. Now notice what he ties this to. He doesn't just make that statement stop. It goes on and says, but God is the judge. God is the judge. Now notice this. Think about what's going on right now. There's a shaking going on with a twofold purpose. Amen. God is the judge and he puts down one and sets up another. Now listen, we are not rooting for the demise of the wicked. But I do, God is saying, there are people that are in authority over your life at work and in different places. And they're not right. They don't have any intention on being right. And there's a shaking going on and God's going to move them out of the way so that you can rise. So that you could rise up. Man's passed you over. Even even persecuting God's people. Amen. But but if they're not going to be right, and they're going to pursue wickedness and evil ways and different things, then the bill's going to come due, and and God's going to, He's shaking. He's going to shake all this stuff out. And in the shaking, in this divine sifting, listen, your demise is not in there if you're part of the remnant. Amen. It's going to just make room for your rise. It's going to result in your advancement, your exaltation, and your promotion. So you've got to think like that. Amen. I'm not being shaken, glory to God. The whole system's being shaken, and God's going to show me. He's going to position me. He's going to, give, he's going to direct me. He's going to give me the ideas, and I'm going to gain from it. When it's all over, when this season of shaking is over and the dust settles, I'll have more assets, I'll have more influence, I'll, I'll have more health, I'll have more wealth, I'll have more authority on this planet. Amen. Because some people who just won't, 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 God is going to shake them out of the way. We're not cheering when another person's judged. And we're not taking part in the judgment. I'm not going to be an instrument of someone else's downfall. But these things are talked about and these things are prophesied. And uh, it's not my fault you picked the wrong team, baby. 
And when you get shaken out of your place and you lose all your wealth and it ends up in my hand, I'm just going to praise God. I'm just going to give God all the glory. And I'm going to spend it. I said, I'm going to spend it on kingdom stuff. Amen. But God is the judge. He puts down one. What else does he do? So one goes down. He sets up the other. That's how he promotes. I said, that's how he promotes. Someone who's disqualified themselves, they get moved out of the way. And the one who's qualified gets raised up. I tell you, there's ministers. God has, I'm saying this to you by the Holy Ghost. God has had ministers, amen, hidden away in secret hidden places that have been growing and learning and faithful to Him. They've been passing the test. And here in these last days, they're going to be thrust out into the limelight. Moving and shaking for God. And people will be going, where did they come from? Amen. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Businesses are going to be birthed. I said businesses are going to be birthed. And it's not going to take 25 years, 10 years, 5 years to get profitable and moving. So it's go, just go on just reading with me. It says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. Now when you talk about the cup of the Lord being poured out and it's red, that's judgment. I said it's judgment, symbolic of judgment. It is full of mixture, and He pours out the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked, God says, I will cut off. But the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. So you see, in all this shaking going on, and all this calamity going on, if those that are in the wicked group, their horns are getting shaved off and broken off. Now, what, what does he mean, a horn? Horns in the Bible are symbolic of authority and power and dominion and clout. Like an ox with big intimidating horns, and he stands up tall and raises his head. In fact, look, look back at, uh, we started reading verse 6, look, look at verse 5. Psalm 75, 5, lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. Mm, look at me. God just says, he's just going to take his little divine pruners and just prune your big horn off. And the authority you had, and the fame you had, and the power you had, and the ability you had, you don't have it anymore. And instead, the horn, the authority, the place, the dominion, the influence, the power of the righteous gets promoted. The word exalted and the word promoted in the Hebrew is the same word. So do you see this dual working going on? This activity going on? Oh, glory to God. Amen. No, I'm not rooting for the downfall of anybody. But praise God, I'm going up. I said I'm going up. Hallelujah. Promotion is coming to a remnant. Now, uh, when you say remnant, I looked it up. The word remnant means this. It means residue. A remnant is the residue. And, you know, you, you spill a mess. You have a mess and you did a lot of cleaning, but you just something little bit left there. That's the residue. Uh, Webster, Noah Webster, in his 1828 dictionary said, it means the part that remains. The part that remains. Remains after what? What? Remains after judgment. Remains after scrutiny. Remains after evaluation. Remains after a shaking. So you have to ask yourself, come on. These are weighty, important, last day prophetic times. Amen. And how much of your life do you think could endure a real strong scrutiny from the Lord? You know, the Bible says if you'll judge yourself, you won't be judged. But what if you don't judge yourself? He's going to shake your tree really good. And whatever falls out is going to be visible. So it, he also went on and says, 
uh, a remnant means the part that is left, the part that is left after separation, destruction, or removal. Now, see, God has a remnant. Now, He has, he has a lot of children, the body of Christ on the earth. And He's got children on the earth. And they're saved, but they're not the remnant. They're saved, but they're not living in such a way that He can promote them. But God is, and He always has, preserved a remnant. You remember Elijah the prophet, he was having a bad day. One day Jezebel put out a hit on him. And, uh, you know, because he killed 400 prophets of Baal. And he, I guess he forgot all about that. Now he's afraid of this girl. <laughs> and she put a hit out on him. She put a time date on it. If his head's still on his shoulder by the time the sun goes down, you know, whatever. And so he's running and scared. And he finds himself in this cave, I think. And the whirlwind shows up. And the Lord says, Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing? And he starts, why? He turned in his resignation. Remember that? He said, I'm done, Father. You might as well kill me. She's after me. And, and he said, I alone, I'm the only one serving you. I'm the only one left. And he said, oh, you, you baby. God said, I have preserved unto myself, it was either five or 7,000 uh, servants who had not bowed their knee to Baal. See, he didn't know it, but God had preserved him a remnant. And there is a remnant in the body of Christ today. Amen. And they're not just saved. They're sold out. Amen. And now there's a big difference between saved and sold out. Amen. Let's try to give some definition to uh, the remnant. If we can real quick. So you can judge yourself. And listen, if you're not in the remnant, just get there. Throw off your filthy garment, amen. Make a change and join the club, amen. So I've got six things here that, uh, praise God, that I believe uh, would be qualifying things to, to be in your life right now today if you want to say you're a remnant. Number one, this is a people not just saved, but they love God with all their heart. I mean, they love God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and their strength. I mean, they mean it. They're not a play with it believer. They are the real deal. Amen. Number two, they are his own covenant people and they are walking in divine rest. You know, if you're going to make it in these last days, you've got to learn how to walk in the rest of God. You've got to learn how to walk worry-free. You've got to learn to walk, amen, with fear under your feet. Are you going to be part of the remnant in these last days? If God's going to be able to use you and promote you and entrust you with wealth and anointing and gifts and opportunities, then you cannot be one who is quick to yield to fear Amen. and worry Amen. and doubt. So you're, you're, this one is they're a covenant person, of course, but they're walking in divine rest. These are three R's. They're walking in revelation. I mean, they're not just religious people. They're not just religious people, and they're not just informational Christians. Now, I'm not against the intellectual side of Christianity, but intellect has nothing on revelation. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'd take me an uneducated preacher that's got revelation about what they're talking about over an intellectual preacher any day of the week. Amen? Power is not in information Power is in revelation. What is the difference? It is, you get the essence of it. The Holy Ghost has quickened that truth to you. It's alive to you. Amen. And you are walking in that truth that He has revealed to you. And then thirdly, uh, they are, they're walking in divine rest. They're walking in revelation. And they are experiencing rhema. In other words, the Word of God is not just a written word. It is a living word. The, the Word is alive unto them. God is quickening the, the Scripture to them for various situations. Amen. The Holy Ghost is saying, that verse, that truth, that nugget, that's your... I, I, I heard this minister, he was just so on it. It's the same guy that said, uh, you got too many Scriptures. You just need to get... You just get it. Do you have one Scripture that's alive and, and activated in your life? And he said, you guys, you know, uh, you guys are so into your computer... That the Holy Ghost can't get anything over to you. Yeah. 
Because you're just systematically going through this verse list in your scripture. It's just all methodical. Sometimes you just need to get your Bible out. Just get your Bible out. And let the Holy Ghost turn the pages. Let the Holy Ghost reveal to you. And he'll quicken you and he'll say, go over here and read this. Amen. And what about that? Amen. I'm not against just purposeful study. If you know anything about me, you know that's not true. Amen. But the Holy Spirit is our best teacher. So another element or quality, number three, about the, uh, the remnant is they are loyal. They are loyal. They are loyal children of God. They don't, they don't, they're not interested in uh, displeasing the Father to be popular at school. They don't care. They don't care. They don't, they don't have an agenda. They don't have an earthly ambition. They are in love with the Father. They are in love with Jesus Christ. They have a mission on this earth, and they are going to fulfill it. And if it inconveniences them, if it costs them, they're happy to pay it. They're happy to do it. Glory to God. They're they're not the ones that say, that's too much church. They're saying, come on, can't we have some more church? Can't you preach to me a little bit longer? I'd be happy to serve. I mean, they're loyal and sold out to God. You just really, you know, if I were you, I would, uh, I would, if you're evaluating yourself, I would put you on the outside. I would just assume you're not the remnant and then make sure you have to qualify yourself as we go through this. Because so many quick, are so quick to just give themselves an A plus, A plus, A plus, you know, whatever. I just give myself an A plus. That way I could walk out of here and not have to do anything. But God knows. God knows. And when the shaking hits your house... And symptoms hit, and you fall apart. When the next whatever variant comes down the pike, and however you react, we'll find out. We'll find out whether you're the remnant or not. Amen. Amen. When your pastor puts something in your hand, it's going to put, and it's not exciting to you. And you say, well, give me three months to pray about it, and that kind of jazz. I mean, we'll find out. Amen. When God awakens you in the middle of the night and says, I need someone to intercede. And you say, I'm not interested in that. I'm having a good dream here. Yeah. You'll find out whether you're the remnant or not. Number four. People who belong to the remnant, they do not count their lives dear unto themselves, even to death. They're in. They are in. They're living for eternity, not today. Amen. Amen. Number five. This will really find us out. They do not practice sin. If you practice sin, you're not in the remnant. You're not. If you're practicing sin, you're not in the remnant. You want to know why? Because Satan has an open, active case against you in the court of heaven. So, no, that can't be on the righteousness of God. No, you are the righteousness of God in your salvation, but you're disqualified from the blessing. You're disqualified from promotion in God. Amen. And Satan has a legal right as the accuser of the brethren to remind God about what you're practicing. How do you get that open case shut and closed and dismissed. Repent. Repent. And repent in the biblical meaning of that. That means don't be sorry. It means change your mind and don't do it anymore. So if you're practicing sin consciously and you're practicing sin, uh, you're not in the remnant. So you're dismissed from what I'm saying until you get that turned around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And listen, I believe there's grace. Come on, there's grace. Grace is ability. Grace is ability to get you beyond what you don't have the ability to get yourself beyond. Amen. We're not picking on anybody. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. But you gotta, if you want to be part of the remnant, you've got to fix this. Amen. And then another one is, and it's, it kind of goes along, it's number six, is they're committed. Amen. The remnant to God, they are committed. They're committed to the mission. They're committed to the cause. They're committed to the captain. They're committed to the pastor. They're committed to, the, to their assignment. They're committed. Amen. Amen. 
And again, you know, if I were you, I'd get yourself committed. I'd get yourself committed to the Lord, to the Word, to the, to the, to, to the prophetic plan of God. Amen. Now, the difference between a committed believer and an uncommitted believer is the uncommitted believer is practicing compromise. They're practicing compromise. What does that mean? That means that believer has forfeited the standard of the word to play with the world. To be in the world. I've forfeited this standard of holiness because I like that TV show. I have forfeited the standard of the word so I could engage in this activity. That's compromise. People who compromise are really good at giving justification. And people at times, you want to make this argument about alcohol. And, they, you know, and every wino on the earth knows that scripture in Timothy. That's the only verse they know. You know, they know that, that scripture about Timothy. And Timothy, amen, was prescribed that, amen, which doesn't have near the alcohol content in our drinks today, for a stomach issue. So if you're going to use that scripture, you better have a tummy problem. And that better be the sole motivation why you take that. I have people, they argument, oh, well, this and that, and I don't believe in, in whatever, and yet I look at what alcohol has done to their life, done to their family. Compromise. Compromise. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke or chew tobacco. I don't go, amen, to unclean movies. I'm not perfect. Amen. Uh, here's, another, here's an illustration I think will help us. You know, if, if you had this uh, nice suit on, you know, nice suit on, nice dress on, and uh, you accidentally spilled a drink on it and got a spot on it, well, it's spotted, right? But you didn't mean to do it. But there's a big, but what if you poured your drink on your suit? Do you, that's the difference. You can be in the remnant and be very unperfect. I didn't mean to spot my suit. I didn't mean to stain my dress. I'm sorry I did. That's a big difference between going, oh. And when you're practicing something other than what the Word allows and what the Word sanctions, and you know it, that's what you're doing. You are spotting your spiritual garment on purpose. When you know you should come and pray and you have the time and the opportunity to come and pray and you don't pray, you're not part of the remnant. You're just not. I love you. You're sweet, but you're not part of the remnant because you're not committed. Pastor, that's kind of raw and hard. I want you to get qualified. Because this is a season of shaking. And the shaking is meant to promote the rise of the remnant. Not the saved. The remnant. Hallelujah. Here's one thing that we need to understand about promotion comes from the north. Do you understand that God seldom, if ever, promotes God's people during good times? God doesn't promote people during good times. Describe the circumstance that resulted in Daniel's promotion. Spending a night in a den of lions for something he did not do. Yet he came out of it. You want to know why? Because God had his back. God could put his full-throated approval on that man's life and faith. And it didn't matter where he ended up, what they tried to do to him. You couldn't hurt him. You couldn't injure him. You couldn't do anything to him. If God be for us, who could be against us? We are, in all these things, what are we? We are more than conquerors. 
high glory. Tell me, what were the circumstances, good circumstances or bad circumstances, that resulted in the promotion of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Come on, they were tested, weren't they? They, they, were, they were given an ultimatum. You either bow your knee and you worship this false god and this pagan king, or I'm going to throw you, you're going to lose your life. See, this is what a, a remnant believer does. They say, throw me in. I am not going to compromise. God has been too good to me. I belong to God. Throw me in the fire. And I'll tell you something, he's going to deliver me out of the fire. But even if he doesn't, I am not going to bow. Hallelujah. And they came out of the fire. And then they got promoted. Good circumstances, bad circumstances. How did God promote Joseph? Amen. God's covenant man didn't get promoted when things were nice and calm and rosy. He got promoted in the darkest of days, in the most difficult of times. This is why you got to have a kingdom mindset, a prophetic understanding of what's going on. Amen. You're not supposed to be undone by what's going on around you. Amen. He's going to protect you. He's going to preserve you. And He's going to provide for you. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's what's going to happen during the shaking. If you're part of the remnant, if you're loyal to God, if you're a hot and on fire, if you're, if you're one of His committed soldiers... Amen. What's he going to do? He's going to preserve you. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. And he's going to promote you. I said he'll promote you. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Right now, God is shaking the Pharaohs of the world. He's shaking the Pharaohs of the world. In politics, in medicine, in education, in finance, in all the major pillars of the world. He's shaken all those Pharaohs. Now when things, judgments began to fall in Pharaoh's Egypt, when it was time for the Israelites to come out, bad circumstances. Bad circumstances. And things began to shake in Egypt. Things began to get really real. Really fast. When you got blood in the river and you got frogs in bed. But not in Goshen. Not where God's people lived. Not where the covenant was being enforced. Not where the blood was being applied and believed. Are you with me? So see, don't, don't you identify with the negative aspects of the shaking. Judge yourself and make sure you're qualified. And then expect promotion time, exaltation time, deliverance time, rescue time. Amen? Some of you are kind of getting it. Some of you I'm not sure about. Amen. Did you notice the order in Haggai? He said, I'm going to, once more, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I'm going to shake it. And then when he turned to his people, he said, and I'm going to fill this. He didn't say, I'm going to destroy my people's house. He said, I'm going to fill my house with glory. And then what did he say? He goes to talking about silver. He goes to talking about gold. Do you know that when the glory ramps up, the gold ramps up. When the glory ramps up, the silver ramps up. The glory and the gold go together. <laughs> Amen. Y'all got a little more time? All right, praise God. Y'all could leave, I'll just preach to myself. Let's look at a few scriptures before we go tonight. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. I'm going to quote you these three references. It's, you know, in the mouth of how many witnesses? Two or three witnesses. Every word is firmly established. Every word is established in scripture. Proverbs 13, verse 21. Proverbs 13, 21. Evil, what does evil do? It pursues sinners. 
But to the righteous, notice the but. Do you see the contrast? But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. So all the good things you've done for God, all the acts of service, that's good. All the prayers you've prayed, that's good. All the times you walked in love and put down your flesh, that's good. Amen. Every time you preferred another, served another, every time you gave, every time you brought your tithe, that's all good. What did God say about it? So in one sense, on one side of the coin, evil is chasing sinners down, people who are practicing sin. But those who are doing good are getting repaid. Now notice the next thing he says in that context, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the one practicing sin, what happens to it? It's laid up. God uses the wealthy sinner as a temporary storage place until the time of the shaking. I said, till the time of the shaking. Till the time of the shaking. <laughs> till the time of the shaking. Glory to God. Amen. If evil is constantly knock, you know, pursuing you, you know, but to the righteous, come on, good shall be repaid. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for who? The righteous. You ought to get, if I were you, I could rename this message, if I were you, I'd get interested in righteousness. I'd get in, I know that we are made the righteousness of God. I know that. I know He did that for us, and that's who we are on the inside. But if it's not showing up on the outside, amen, then you're cutting yourself off from the flow of blessing in great measure in this life. Amen. You being made the righteousness of God by His atoning sacrifice is not a license for you to do wrong. It's an inner empowerment for you to do right, to do what's right in God's eyes. Now, look at Job 27. Right, You can get there fast or look up the reference on the board. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Job 27, verse 13. <clears throat> It says, this, which I am about to tell, is the portion of a wicked man with God. And the heritage which oppressors shall receive from the Almighty. So notice, they're going to get something from God. They have a portion. Right? Well, let's read on. Verse 14. If his children are multiplied, it's for the sword. And his offering will not have sufficient bread. Yep, yeah, am I on the right verse? Yep, verse 15. Those who survive him, the pestilence, will bury. The, no, in other words, those who survive him, you know, those, those who, the children outlive their daddies, what that means. The pestilence will bury, and their widows will make no lamentation. Nobody's going to cry over that but God when they die. Now notice verse 16. Though he heaps up silver like dust and piles up clothing like a pile of dirt, like clay, he may prepare it, but the just will wear it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right? Come on. Now, now, don't bump my, are you the just? Come on, are you, are, you, are you right with God? Are you doing your best to live right? Well, then you could do a Holy Ghost fist bump, praise God. It doesn't mean we don't, you know, accident and have a spot on our clothes. But we're not walking around trying to stain ourselves. Notice what it says. These bad things are going to happen. And uh, notice what what some wicked people do. They heap up silver like the dust. Yeah. 
I mean, when you look at them, you're like, that is not fair. That is not right. Here I am living for God, coming to church, praying, you know, getting calluses on my knees. And here they are, heaped up with silver, wearing Gucci and doing all this and living this way. Listen, it's just temporary. And we're living in a time now where that's all being shaken like this. You just ought to have your basket out, you know. Like, I'm going to get around somebody's being shaken. It's going to land in my basket. It said this wicked man or woman, they may heap it up like silver. They have big old piles of Armani suits and good things. They will prepare it, but the just will wear it. Come on. Am I preaching the word to you tonight or not? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I I'm getting mine. I declare it. I am getting mine. I'm getting mine. I'm getting mine. This is, this is the time for the glory. Shaking glory, silver and gold. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, whatever it takes, I'm going to make myself be right. I'm going to get in the flow. I'm going to get mine. He, I love that verse. Look at verse 17. He may prepare it, but the just will wear it. And the innocent will divide the silver. The who? The innocent. The innocent. All right, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, we're almost done. Y'all getting a nugget or two? Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. Ecclesiastes 2.26, again in the Amplified. Notice this. For to the person who what? For to the person who pleases Him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, here we are with this contrast again. But to the sinner, He gives what? He gives the work of gathering. See this, you've got to have God's perspective. Don't look at that wicked man who's got money and be jealous. God's got him working for you. Somebody, some wicked person probably out there, and they don't know it, but they're building your house. And they don't know why they picked that stove and that tile and that trim. And they're going to go through all the hardship and have to deal with all those contractors and all that stuff. That's, that's the way you need to think next time you, you're tempted to get envious at the wealth of the wicked. He didn't build that stuff for me. You know, God let the giants build their cities and towns and houses before He gave it to the Israelites. The Israelites are a normal person. Maybe they're tall as me. I'm kind of tall. Maybe they're, but, amen, they get to sleep in a nine-foot bed. And you know they all got raised ceilings. I mean, giants, giant. They ain't no seven and a half foot apartment ceiling. No, no. And what kind of walls are they building? What kind of, you know, come on. You got giant level construction. He said, when you get in this land and you live in goodly houses that you did not build. Now, see, this is where maybe you just, all this preacher's just going on, but you're going to have to require revelation. Can you believe this? We are in a season of extraordinary, unprecedented increase and abundance and favor coming to the body of Christ. But you have to be in the know, you have to be in the flow, and you have to have faith. I said, you have to have faith. I am expecting, expecting either the check or the call or the letter that says this debt on this ministry has been canceled. I'm expecting. I am shocked it hasn't happened yet. I am working on my mind to be in my house and see it like, it, like God wants it to be. No mortgage. No mortgage. No notes. No notes. No medical bills. No credit card bills. Amen. All I have to do is pull out my mail. If it ain't any personal correspondence, then I just throw it away because it's all junk. There ain't no bills in there. 
Pastor, you just going on, that's pie in the sky. Well, I've been reading to you from the Holy Writ all night. There is an end time transfer of wealth. Because the good we've done in the earth is going to get paid for. It's going to get repaid to us. Hallelujah. For to the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, He gives the work of gathering and heaping up that He may give to one that pleases God. Nowhere in here do you see this righteous one desperately running around standing in a cheese line. God is taking care of them. Jesus said if you give, it will be given unto you and He'll cause men to give into your bosom. See, and He's been trying to do that on your job and that wicked person above you I feel for them. You should pray for them. I said you should pray for them because they are in your way. God is removing anyone in your path that is preventing your rise. If you're part of the remnant. Hallelujah. So if I were you, (laughs) well, I didn't finish that. You know, well, anyway, praise God. You know, the Amplified uses the term uncompromisingly righteous. The uncompromisingly righteous. And if I were you, I would get uncompromisingly righteous real fast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sure, there's a shaking going on. You know, and there's a shaking going on in the body of Christ, too. And we, I've already seen it. I could stand here. I'm, not, I'm about to close. But give you a lot of testimonies where the bill has come due the last two years in Christians' lives, in ministers' lives. Yeah. You know, and you could read. We're not going there. I'm done. But Luke 16. You know, uh, Matthew 25. The parable of the talents. Remember that? The master put a talent according to each person's specific ability. And he went on a long journey, but then he's coming back, see? He's coming back, and in one translation says he's coming back to settle accounts. See, he's coming back to settle accounts. What are you doing with your stewardship in the body of Christ? See, there's a shaking in that arena in the body. And ministers who've been exploiting, abusing, neglecting, unfaithful with their stewardship, they're getting shaken out. You know what that's doing? Making room for these up-and-comers who've been holy and praying and studying and right with God. Yep. So don't be unnerved when people die. That's part of the shaking. And thank God if they're saved, they just went to heaven. They just went early. People are going to heaven early. They are. It's part of the shaking. Bill came due. Doesn't mean people are bad. People are going to hell early. People are going to hell. Going to hell early. And so, you know, as a member of the body of Christ, you've been given some sort of stewardship. Some sort of talent. Some sort of ability. And so, he's going to expect that to be returned to him plus. And the man that had five, he said, here's your five and here's five more besides. And the guy that had two said, here's your two master and two more besides. And then there came that last guy. He was given one talent. God knew he didn't have the ability of everybody else. He just gave him what he could handle. One talent. And he did the wrong thing with it. He hid it. He ignored it. He neglected it. Pulled that out, dusted off, said, here you go. Here's what you gave me. No fruit. No increase. Jesus said, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. Take what is I gave him and give it to the guy who was fruitful. See, what is that? Shaking promotion. Come on. 
Hallelujah. All right, stand up on your feet. I'm not going to judge whether you got this by your reaction or not. Because, uh, ah, glory. I, I, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, pastor implores you, where it fits, make the change. Make the change. Make the change. It doesn't take long to go from saved but not the remnant to the, to the I'm fully qualified. You know, even the stain you poured on purpose on your thing, the blood will get it out. <laughs> the mercy of God will get that stain out. Amen. But you've got to be about the Father's business in these last days. If you want to get in on the good things, the marvelous things, the supernatural things, the vitally important things that God's doing in this earth today. Amen. That's the bright side of the shaking. Is the believer's promotion. Amen. Father, I did my best.